You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Are you looking for a way to improve your speaking, preaching, and communication skills so that you can reach people and share the gospel? Sometimes it can be difficult to know where to start. From May 2nd to June 6th, Cindy Stewart will be hosting a new online class, Spirit-Led Preaching, equipping you to prepare and release transforming messages. This is an online course designed to equip you. This six-week program includes six teachings and weekly live sessions that will equip you to prepare compelling sermons, improve your public speaking skills, and overcome stage fright. This program is perfect for pastors, preachers, and spirit-filled teachers who want to deepen their understanding of the Bible and learn how to craft powerful sermons. This course provides a comprehensive and practical approach to preaching that is rooted in Scripture. Enrollment begins April 14th. Join the waitlist right now at cindy-stewart.com. Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast. A source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. Today I want to talk about the city of God. You know, as we talk about resurrection and Resurrection Sunday and, you know, really just remembering it's like those memorial stones, remembering what God has done for us and the purchase that he's made for us, um, how glorious and amazing it is to be able to be part of that family. But as I was praying this past week and just kind of reading through scriptures and he kept showing me this city of God and I'm like, God, what, what is the city of God? And that's what I'm going to talk a little bit about is the city of God. And of course, there's the physical city that he talks about. And we're going to look at uh, Psalms 48 for just a minute, because that's what I did. I started looking up all the places that, you know, referred to the city of God. So Psalms 48, 1. It says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in his holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of our great king. God is in her palaces. He is known as her refuge. And, you know, as I was praying about this and thinking about this, you know, Jerusalem, the city of God, you think about as you read through the Old Testament, you think about how God was with his people. There was a tangible presence of God with his people. And where he was, they were aware of it. They were aware of his actual presence. And then as we cross into Jesus and his resurrection and the Holy Spirit living in us, we become that tangible carrier of the presence of God. We become in in essence, the city of God lives within us. His kingdom is within us. The, the things of the kingdom are, are being birthed out of us as we learn him, as we know him, as we become intimate with him, as we, one of the things he kept saying is you have to consume 
who I am in order to understand what the city of God is. You have to know him to be able to live out of who he is. But in the kind of the the kind of stranger thought process on this was he started talking to me about, and we're going to turn to Romans 8, um, about being co-heirs with him. And you know, when there's a city, there's whether it's in our day, there's a mayor of the city. So he's responsible for the city. He's responsible with the other leaders of the city of making decisions for the city. Uh, in the kingdom thought process, we are co-heirs with Christ and we are responsible for the kingdom decisions to be made on earth as it is in heaven. So uh, we are rulers with him. And Romans 8, and we're going to go in a, a little different direction than I'd originally planned. Romans 8, uh, verse 14. We all get there. It says, I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing. No, I'm on the wrong one. Sorry, I'm in Romans 14. I knew that wasn't right. I thought I didn't read that this. I didn't read that this week. Let's try it again. Okay. For as many are, yes, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs and then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So as I was reading this and thinking about this, we had our couples group last night, and we talked about this quite a bit in our couples group. One of the things that is happening right now is that there is a lack of sonship, daughtership uh, in the world. And we, we have two teachers that were in our couples group. We talked about what was going on in the schools and one of the things I was sharing with them is I heard a message being shared that had the statistics of what is going on. And I want to talk about the lack of fathers and mothers in this season. So in the 1950s, they, when they did a study of homes that had fathers and mothers in it, the fatherless homes were only 2%. In 2017, they don't have any statistics since then because the United States has quit keeping those statistics because they want to be okay with the change of the structure of the families. So, but in 2017, the lack of fathers in a home was 51%. So we are seeing the results of fatherlessness and true motherlessness too because if there's only one spouse one one parent in the home then their father mother breadwinner dishwasher they are everything so they really can't do their role in the way that they should because they're trying to be all things because the partnership isn't there and uh, I was sharing with them that part of the report that was given was about the uh, um, South Africa at Kruger Park, 
where they were having a problem with a certain breed of elephants not uh, going extinct, going extinct. And so they began to breed the elephants in order to keep them, you know, alive. And they got so many elephants, they decided to transfer some of the elephants to another safari park in South Africa. And they built a harness and took them by helicopter because that was the only way they could transport them. But what happened was the male father elephants were too big for the harness. So they only took the young males and then the others, the females. And when they left them in the other park, what happened was the young males began killing the rhinoceroses, which are not normally their predators. They are not predators with the others and some other kind of animal. I forget the other kind. And they couldn't figure out what was happening. And then they realized that they didn't have an adult male elephant to train the young males how to become a male. So they finally got the harness fixed, you know, built strong enough to bring the adult males over. And within three months, the killings stopped by the young males. And, you know, it's, I mean, you can listen to it. Uh, Chris Valentin did it. It should be on his podcast, I think. Uh, that's where I heard it. But it's interesting to think about as we talk about that God is our father and he's given us a sonship through Jesus Christ. And the very sonship, the co-heir, the, the, the way that we're supposed to function as the family of God is the thing that the enemy is destroying right before our eyes. And we have got to get a godly solution for it. And, um, and you know, I was praying, I'd been praying about that a couple of weeks ago. Like, what do we do to stop you know, the violence. And then when he was telling me the story, I was like, of course, it makes sense if you don't have the, the parents, the mom and dad in the right position, and even with their own right identity to be able to raise up children to be able to step into their identity as co-heirs with Christ, then what happens is there's a societal tearing down because nobody knows what they're supposed to do. I know when I was being uh, raised, my dad was uh, uh, an executive with Lockheed and he taught us, he, especially the girls, me and my, especially my older sister, that we were supposed to be executives, that that was our value, that our, I was not taught my value was to be a mom and a wife as well as whatever. But my value was taught that I was supposed to be an executive and that being a stay-at-home mom, even though my mom was most of the time, brought no value to the family. And I don't know how intentional that was or anything, but or whether it was just culturally the norm, but so he began to train us, or the kids, there were five of us kids, to be executives. That's what we were trained. Now, my mom trained us to be the other. In fact, I did a little um, uh, cooking demonstration of my homemade cookies yesterday on Instagram, if you're interested. I can't cook. But, you know, it's interesting because when you're trained to think that the value comes from a certain thing instead of who you are and who God's created you to be, then what happens is 
societally, culturally, you're looking at the world of, I'm looking at the world of, I need to go to college. I need to get me a job with a corporation. I need to climb the corporate ladder, which I did all those things because that's the way I was trained. And not that I didn't, God didn't use that. And not that that wasn't my purpose. But when I first met Chuck, you know, I always told everybody, I'm never going to get married and I'm never going to have kids. Because my framework, number one, was I was supposed to be an executive. And number two, my parents had gotten a divorce when I was older. I was, you know, 13, 12, 13, something like that. And I thought, honestly, my mom, we lost our house. We actually sold it. We sold all of our furniture because we didn't have any money. And I thought, never will I allow that to happen to me. So not only being trained to be this and, and, and of course, wounding that comes in on top of it, you make decisions based on what's internally safe. And then I met Chuck. <laughs> and it was all over from there. I said, well, maybe I will get married. Then I was like, well, maybe I'll have a kid. Maybe I'll have another one. <laughs> and the rest is history. But, you know, it took a little bit of being able to start stepping into the calling that God had for me, even though I probably couldn't have necessarily said, recognized that God had removed the hindrances, the hindrances, you know, whatever the hindrances that in order for me to step into the reality of what he called me to do. And I love being a mom. I love, you know, doing all those things. But it took a little bit to step into this. And what we have now is we have a generation of children, not just boys, but girls that have no parental. And I'm saying this in generality, you know, this is not everybody. It's not a superlative, but have 51% don't understand what it looks like to have mothers and fathers. And in this time and season, that really is a key piece that we've got to be praying into. Lord, show us how to be mothers and fathers to a generation that don't have mothers and fathers. Because not only do they not have mothers and fathers, they don't have identity. They, I mean, they, they're missing so much of self-confidence and knowing who they are and knowing that they were created for, for a reason and a destiny that God has for them. So Lord, show us as your kingdom people, how to turn over what's happening because, you know, we think 51%, that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of households. But when you think about it, God is not, it, that number is not too hard for God. God, how could you show us? How would you show us to reverse that? How would you show us? How do we, how do we do it? Because we know that God has, a, God has a solution for this. He's not saying, it's too bad, too bad. He's saying, if I'm highlighting this to you guys, that means I've got a solution for you guys. He doesn't present a problem to us and say, just wring your hands about it because there's nothing you can do. Because God says there's nothing impossible with him.
So it's something I really feel like we need to pray into as a church because there is a solution. And I know the teachers were talking about, you know, they're not only uh, the teachers, but they're also the parents. They're also the protectors of the kids. I mean, their, their roles have gone from just trying to teach to basically being an all-encompassed unit as their classroom doors are closed so no one can get in, trying to educate these children and be all things to them, which is exactly what we were just talking about. The, the moms are having to be all things to the family unit instead of having a mom and a dad in a household. So this is something I really think we need to pray into and, and really ask God to show us because the way he will come up with a solution will astonish us. And the way he will use us to bring up a generation that can bring up a generation that can bring up a generation, I, I think we will be surprised for it. I believe he's going to give us an answer for this. I just I just believe he's going to give us an answer because as you know, as Romans says, we carry the presence of God. We carry the authority as co-heirs of God and, and, and we carry the wisdom, the manifold wisdom of God in order to be able to do this. And you know, what is God speaking to you on, on this? And maybe I'm sure you haven't had time to pray about it, but uh, let's go to Mark four eleven because there's a couple other scriptures I want to read through. In this season, I believe there is a, a real uh, time of revelation for us. Uh, I was reading the word the other day, and you know how you've, you read the word, and then suddenly God begins to put pieces of the puzzle where you're like, oh, this goes back to this, and I have a better understanding. And we talked about last week of the context and the, the wisdom of the word and what it means. And... Um, you know, if we seek him, we'll find him. If we ask, he'll answer us. Uh, Mark 4. And I'm just going to go to verse 11. He's been sharing, Jesus has been talking about the parables. And in uh, verse 11, it says, well, I think I'll start in verse 10. But when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable. And he said to them, to you has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. That's been given to us to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, the mystery of who Christ is, the mystery of even the testimonies that were given, the abundance, the, Gene uh, uh, was talking about the words of knowledge. We've been given the We've been given the, the ability to know the mystery of God. When we say we don't understand, in that same breath, we can say, God, unfold the mystery of this to me. Because he's, he's given us the ability to be able to do that. But to those who are outside, they do not understand. Everything comes in parables. But just think about, when we think about this fatherlessness or this lack of family unit. So to those on the outside of Christ, they don't understand. But to those on the inside of Christ, we understand what it means when you don't have a mother and a father joined in Christ raising a family. 
We understand that because it says in the word what that actually means. But those on the outside doesn't understand. So how do we take what we know, what's been revealed to us by us being born again, by us following Christ? How do we take that and translate it to a people that don't know? That a people that haven't had a revelation of who Christ is. And I don't have an answer for that. I'm asking that so we can begin. It will provoke us to go after God for answers in this. And it may be, you know, your next door neighbor is a single parent. And there's something that God's going to use you to pour into them. Uh, it may be that someone within your family has been caught in a situation where they're a single parent or they have children that, that need some pouring into, that need some mothering, fathering. It may be that you're retired and God's calling you to rise up and refire and become a, a mother and a father to someone else. I don't know. But uh, each individual can answer that. But we understand that as we answer the call of God to a problem in our surroundings, what happens is the kingdom of God comes into that surrounding because we carry the answers that they need. We carry the love that they need to encounter. We carry the presence of Jesus, right? Gosh, I want an answer to this. I want an answer to that. How many of you came from a family that was divorced? A lot. We want to birth a generation that is shielded from that. And honestly, uh, there's a lot of people that don't even believe in getting married anymore. They, they just feel like, you know, it's not necessary. And uh, I, I had someone that was uh, did some service for me, and she's had uh, three children with two different men. And it's, it's like it's no big deal. You know, her and the father of her first two had kind of grown apart. And so they were time, ready to move on to their next adventure. And she's like, I want lots of kids. So her new um, friend or boyfriend or whatever you want to call it, she's like, I, I'm going to have a kid with him. And But you know what? It's because they don't understand the revelation of Christ and what marriage and covenant and all those things mean. And I didn't get you. I, did, I wasn't going to get far with her saying, you don't understand the revelation of Christ and covenant and all that. But, but we did talk about what family looks like and, and what it looks like with children and, and how it works with their hearts when they're at their one dad for a while. And then they're back at her house for a while. And then they go back there for a while. And it's a, it's a swap game. And, and people are doing what they need to do in order to survive where they are. But what I believe God is saying is we've got to help them to get past survival and into the thriving and raising children who will be able to be the, the city of God in their generation, right? First Corinthians 2, and I'm going to start in verse 6. Because I want to just impress this wisdom that we carry. It says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of the sage, nor the rulers of the sage who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. 
So there's a hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor even entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of God except the spirit of man which is in him, even so no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received, so you can point at yourself and I've re say, I've received this. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, so we don't have the spirit that, that operates out there. No, we don't have that, but we have the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words, which is man's wisdom, which man's wisdom teaches, but which Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. That's who we are. We operate in a spiritual realm in order to release a godly wisdom in where we are and what we do and who we encounter. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Because we can spiritually discern things. But he, who is spiritual judge, he, but he who is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. You know, we're, we're learning to live out of the spiritual realm. Because the spiritual realm guides the natural realm for us. The natural realm cannot guide the spiritual realm for us. Because the natural realm, of course, has things that are not of God. So if we live out of the spiritual realm, then we become the force for the natural realm. Amen. Yeah. So I think just kind of to pull this all together, you know, um, there's like 5,000 things I'm thinking of, but as I, as I feel like I've, we need to kind of land this plane, I feel like as sons and daughters of Christ, that God has an assignment for us to not only be the wisdom of this world, but also be the solution makers for the problems in order for the generations to come not to have to battle with them. And I think sonship is one of the biggest ones. Sonship, daughtership, understanding who we are in Christ and understanding that there's an identity given to us by Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior that supersedes any identity given to us in this world. And asking God for that deposit in order to help others step into the sonship of Christ is what I am challenging us with today. That God, we want to be the solution makers for this 51% broken homes, fatherless children, and it seems totally impossible, but God says nothing's impossible with him. And can we make a difference for the children 
who don't have a father and mother? Can we change those baby male elephants into thriving adults that don't want to kill, steal, and destroy because they're, they just have no boundaries. They have no instruction. They have no uh, fatherly love to shape them versus just saying, well, that is a societal problem. Because if it's a societal problem, then it's our problem. Because we were called to be the solution makers on this earth. We were called to have the downloads of God be given to us. You know, we're called to look at the strategy of God and be able to take that strategy and apply it, lay it over whatever the problem is. God's given us that. And who knows? Who knows what it's going to look like in each of our lives? But for each of us, we carry a piece of it. I believe we carry a piece of it. And we can be the game changers in the area of influence we have in order for the children that are coming up to be able to see a whole different perspective of who they are, who God is, and what they're called to do. Amen? Amen. I think that's it. But I do want to pray for us. I want to pray for anyone that uh, uh, I'm going to have Jean come up and Karen Rifka maybe. And, um, but I want to maybe Devin, uh, Sandy, I want to pray for I'm going to invite you up if you feel like you need prayer for sonship. Uh, just that mother and father anointing over you. I'm going to ask you to come up and then um, go ahead. I'm going to have the guys come up. Chuck, come up with me, please. Uh, maybe Joe and Sharon too. And then um, I also, if you guys will just, I'm going to have you stand too. Lori, you can come up if you feel, if you're running up, come on up. If you're running up, come on up. Uh, I also feel like there's a couple people that might need some healing where they have felt, um, I don't know if the right word is abandoned, but that's the only one that can come up in my mouth, uh, some healing uh, for that not having that father and mother over you. So I just want to pray for that. And we'll just spend a few minutes praying. And uh, if you need to leave, if you've got brunch reservations, you're welcome to leave. But I just want to pray for you guys, because I feel like sometimes we need to break off what's in the room in order to uh, release what God has for you. Amen. Yeah. So Father, we're just going to pray right now. And if you feel like coming up, come on up and we just uh, release just a healing power of you and really an impartation of assignment of how to overcome and be a part of the solution for this 51%. We just pray for the kids, Jesus. We're just calling forth parental figures. We're calling forth the revelation of identity. Lord, we're calling forth that, that regardless of their circumstances, that you will overshadow their complete world and be able to come up out of the darkness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.